0: Welcome back to Revelation Bible Study from last day's ministry here at WGM Church. Before we continue with today's study, let us begin with the words from Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With a long life, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hope you all have been peaceful in the past week. It's time to study the book of Revelation, the words that the Lord is teaching the Apostle John about the things to come. The Lord told us to search the word of God. He said there is life in the word of God and that life is about Jesus Christ himself. Our Lord said to the Apostle John, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the word of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. This includes all who hear, and all who read these words today, and keep them in their hearts. I truly believe that the blessing of the Lord will come, true according to his words. What is blessing? What is blessing? It is the faith deeply rooted in his words that overcomes the world by being sure of the wonderful news of eternal salvation that the Lord has prepared for us. Our Lord also told his disciples that they will have tribulation in the world, but be strong and be of good courage, because he has overcome the world. The Apostle John also said, It is our faith that overcomes the world, and this faith is believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, when the Lord comes into the air, all the churches go up to heaven to meet the Lord and enter the seven-year wedding feast, and the earth will enter the seven-year tribulation. Today, we enter the words of chapter 11, the words of the second half of the tribulation, the latter three and a half years of the tribulation, when the Antichrist seriously begins his work. And the wrath of God in earnest are unfolding in the latter three and a half years into the tribulation. The purpose of the Holy Spirit's coming to this earth is to guide us into all truth and to teach us of the future events. No matter how difficult or our current situation may be, we can overcome difficulties in faith when we know that everything will be restored when the Lord comes. Therefore, the Apostle Paul said, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which, he give, which is given unto us. To give you an idea of the contents of chapter 11, in advance, First, there is the time of the Gentiles during the latter three and a half years. This appears in verses 11, uh, 1 and 2. Verses 3 and 6. 3 through 6 tells us of the two witnesses who will appear and prophesy for 42 months, which equals to three and a half years. Then we go to verse 7. We see a beast coming up from the abyss, the bottomless pit. Verse 8. Through 12, we see the scene where the two witnesses are killed, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. Verses 13 and 14 show the second woe. Verses 15 through 19 show the events when the seventh trumpet is sounded. So therefore, Revelation 11 is the middle part of the book of Revelation. In other words, it is an important chapter that begins the three and a half years after the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation. Also, we need to clearly know that chapter 11 is the key to unlocking the book of Revelation. Also, Revelation becomes the key to understanding the words of the Old Testament, and the Old Testament becomes the key to the New Testament. Therefore, it can be understood that the Apostles spoke in the Holy Spirit by quoting the Old Testament. So, if you do not know the book of Revelation, you cannot understand the words of the Old Testament And if you do not understand the words of the Old Testament, you will not understand the words of the New Testament. Now, above all else, the key to understanding the book of Revelation is to believe what you read, especially when you understand chapter 11. When we read 11 verses 1, 2, and 3, we see the Jewish temple in Jerusalem is literally rebuilt again. Chapter 11 verse 15, we see the kingdom of this world will belong to Jesus Christ not belonging to the Roman Catholic Church or the United States or any other nation. Also, in chapter 11, verse 12, we see some being raptured up. We see some people who are slain being taken back to heaven. In verse 18, we can see that Jerusalem is called Sodom and Egypt of this age, but Jerusalem will be restored. In chapter 11, verse 7, we meet a person called the Beast. Although a human being, he is called a beast. This man is the second most prominent figure in the Bible after the person and work of Jesus Christ. There are many more relevant passages in the Old Testament about this man. The beast, then the Apostle Paul, Moses, King David, or any about them. The beast shows up in Re- Revelation chapter 11. And this is the Antichrist in Second John. And in Daniel 11, the same man is described as a selfish king and the king of the north. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it tells us that he is the man of sin, the son of perdition. In this way, we can understand better when we know in advance what will happen in chapter 11. And listen to these words. Let's read 11 verse 1 and 2 and see what happens in the days of the Gentiles things that will happen in the latter three and a half years of tribulation. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple leave out, and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread under foot forty and two months. Here it says to measure the temple and the altar and those who are worshipping inside. Eventually, the temple courts are given to the Gentiles. The Gentiles will trample the holy city. This is not a temple located in heaven. There is a word pertaining to the temple in heaven back in chapter 8, verse 3 through 5. But this is about a temple that will be built again on earth. We must believe that there will be an actual city on earth that will literally be trampled upon by the gentiles for exactly 42 months. In Matthew chapter 24 verse 15, the temple was destroyed without a stone left on it, which happened in Jerusalem back in 70 AD. But at that time Jerusalem was not trampled on for 42 months. The text here is that gentiles will come to the rebuilt temple and trample the holy city Regarding this, the Apostle Paul made it clear in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 concerning the beast. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Our Lord gave a warning in Matthew 24. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by... I have spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place whoso readeth let him understand then let them which be in judea flee into the mountains during the tribulation when the antichrist sits in the temple and says that he is god the people of israel will then realize that they have been duped they have been deceived and they will flee and they are to be protected by God for three and a half years out in the wilderness. All those who refuse to take the Bible literally are those who do not sincerely want Jesus Christ to come back to earth. Just as Lot lived in Sodom and settled by its gate back in the day, these are the unsanctified people in the last days where they've pitched their tents towards Sodom. People who are so immersed in the world hate and do not want to believe that the Lord will physically return to this earth. Let's keep moving to verses 3 and 4. This is where the two witnesses prophesy. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees, and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. 1260 days 42 months in the Bible a month has 30 days one year is 360 days that is why it's 42 months three and a half years and one thousand two hundred six zero days is half of the seven-year tribulation it is shown here that the two witnesses prophesy for the latter three and a half years there are many false interpretations about the two olive trees and the two candlesticks. And we should be aware of them for reference. Mormons believe that the first witness is the Bible and the second is Joseph Smith's Book of Mormon. The Jews, on the other hand, say the Old Testament is the first witness and the Talmud is the second. Muslims claim, they claim, that the first witness is Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses and the law and the second witness is Muhammad then the Pope of the Roman Catholic says the Bible is the first witness and the Apocrypha is the second what they all had in common was they didn't study the Bible in detail everything is accurately recorded in the Bible these witnesses are not books they are people they are the two anointed and they stand before God of the earth. All are in present tense. Therefore, a witness is a person, not a book. The important thing is to believe literally. If you interpret and symbolize the words spiritually, you will obscure the word of God. Continuing to verse 5 and 6, it says fire is coming out of their mouths. And as they prophesied, they also had the powers to withhold the rain and turn the waters into blood. Does anyone come to mind when you hear this? Let's keep moving. Here's verse 5 and 6. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues, as often as they will. Referencing to the words of James chapter 5, verse 17, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and we prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. So one witness in particular here is undoubtedly Elijah of 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 1. Elijah stood before the Lord in, in the world. He was at the right hand uh, he was at the right of the candlestick. And he appeared in the mount of transfiguration. And we also remember Moses appearing on his left. We can know through the Bible that Moses and Elijah appeared on the left and the right side of Lord on the Mount of Transfiguration, and who gave the authority to turn water into blood? That would be Moses. We can see that God gave Moses the power to turn water into blood when He brought plagues on, um, on Pharaoh, in Egypt. In Exodus chapter thirty-three, verse twenty and twenty-one, the Lord said to Moses, "Stand up on a rock." Moses and Elijah stood before the Lord. They were both anointed in the Old and the New Testaments. If we study the word further, Numbers chapter 16, 35 says, And there came out a fire from the Lord, and consumed the two hundred and fifty men that have offered incense. This is when the descendants of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram rose out against the spiritual authority of Moses. We can see Moses utilized hellfire to consume them. In 2 Kings, chapter 1 verse 11 we see elijah uh, we see while elijah was praying fire came down from heaven and killed all the prophets of baal occasionally some claim that one of the two witnesses was not elijah but enoch but let us look for evidence that it was not uh, it was elijah not enoch first moses and elijah were both anointed prophets however there is no fact that Elijah was anointed with oil. Second, Moses and Elijah stand before the Lord and all the earth. Enoch doesn't. Third, Moses and Elijah both destroy their enemies with fire. Enoch never did. Fourth, Moses and Elijah struck the earth with a plague and stopped rain for three and a half years. Enoch didn't. Fifth, Both Moses and Elijah spent 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai. Enoch didn't. Sixth, Moses and Elijah both had ministers to succeed their ministry. In case of Moses, unto Joshua, and Elijah, unto Elisha. Enoch didn't do any of it. Seventh, Moses and Elijah both appeared and stood next to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Enoch wasn't present. So now you can see the claim that it was Enoch is incorrect. Also, there are people who claim Moses cannot be a witness because Moses is dead and also buried. But this is a misunderstanding. In Deuteronomy 34, 5 and 6, verse 5 and 6, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley of the land of Moab, over against Bath-Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulchre unto this day. Moses had no tomb. Why not? Because he resurrected. In Jude 1 verse 9, there is a scene where Michael and the devil are arguing about Moses' body. Therefore, these two witnesses are obviously Moses and Elijah. And we can see that they will appear again on the earth. Moving on to chapter 11, verse 7. We see the beast rising out of the abyss from the earth. How terrifying. Hell opens up, and a beast is rising. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Here the infamous beast appears for the first time. A beast, but a human being. So Revelation chapter 11 unlocks the entire book of Revelation, and Revelation itself unlocks the Old Testament and accurately interprets the book of Matthew, Acts, and Hebrews what does this beast rule without waiting until chapter 13 let's take a look for evidence that this beast is a human being first it rises from the bottomless pit you can tell that this beast is not the resurrected roman empire but a man who came up from the underground bottomless pit second revelation thirteen eighteen tells about the beast here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Six, six, six is the number of the beast, and that number is the number of a man. You can tell that the beast is a human being. Third, in Daniel chapter seven, verse three, four beasts appear. And they are said to be the four kings before they are identified as nations. Then in Daniel 7, verse 17, These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall rise out of the earth. So the Bible says that this beast is a human being. So then who is he? Let's continue in the word. Fourth, Revelation 9, verse 11 says, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his um, name Apollyon. Uh, This beast is a king, an angel of the abyss, the bottomless pit. He's a man, but an angel. Fifth, the beast appears again in Revelation 17, verse 8. The beast that thou sawest was, meaning he existed in John's days, and is not meaning he wasn't alive when John wrote the book of Revelation. In other words, he was alive before John wrote the book of Revelation. Although he was alive, he is not now when the book of Revelation is written, and he will come forth out of the bottomless pit towards destruction. Also, you will know that who this beast is when you read the Bible verses related to him. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that they shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. These are the words testified through the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3. Here we see the Antichrist appearing in the tribulation, literally reaching the temple in Jerusalem, entering the sanctuary and sitting on his original place, as the anointed cherub. It's found in Ezekiel chapter 28 and Isaiah 14, the covering cherub. Lucifer was once a covering cherub, but when we see him sitting in his original seat, in other words, the beast of Satan turned into a man. Lucifer, the angel of light, once the fifth covering, cherub, comes down to earth during the tribulation and he'll sit down in the temple of Jerusalem calling himself God. This is so-called the son of perdition. Also in Second Thessalonians 2, verse 4 and 9, Who opposeth, the Antichrist, the beast himself, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And then in verse 9, Even him, whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. When the Antichrist appears, we can see him performing great signs and great wonders. In the last days, people will be in danger as they strangely follow Follow the signs and wonders. Later, when the Antichrist emerges, he will perform the signs and wonders given to the apostles of Israel, and by claiming to be the King of the Jews, he will become the false Savior. Our Lord also said this in John chapter 5 I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. So After all, the beast must have something to do with the Jews. He will act like the Messiah of the Jews. The Jews killed the real Messiah, but they will mistakenly accept the beast that appears during the tribulation as he exercises his powers as the Messiah. And then they'll find out that they were deceived in the latter three and a half years, suffering tremendous disappointment. So, he is Lucifer, the fifth cherub, the angel of light, the dragon, the beast, and the man who appears in the incarnation of the devil. And that person's number is 666. And we should know that he is the angel and king of the bottomless pit, the son of perdition. It becomes clear when we look at the contents of that prayer, when our Lord prays for the final time on this earth. Written in John 17, 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. This son of perdition he speaks of is Judas Iscariot. The Lord said to his disciples, One of you is the devil. He didn't say he was possessed, but that he was the devil himself. There are three passages that no one pays attention to about the beast. We've looked at the important passages about the beast before. But when we look again at other passages, we can see that the Antichrist, what he's going to be like. First, if we look at Zechariah chapter 11, verse 15 through 17, Take unto thee yet the instruments of a foolish shepherd. For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. His right eye um, shall be utterly darkened. That land is Palestine. This person will claim that the Jew is the Savior. He is called the idol shepherd, I-D-O-L. Although he is a shepherd, he is the shepherd of idols. Our Lord is the good shepherd. This man's right eye will be completely darkened. Take a look at the one eye behind the $1 bill, $1 US dollar bill. There's an important meaning behind it. Uh, We won't be discussing this here due to time constraints, but it will be helpful for you to uh, know as a reference. Second, listen carefully to the words of the Lord in John chapter 6, verse 70 and 71. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Here we can see that Judas Iscariot is a devil, and he's far from being a human. The devil, because he is like those who live in the abyss. In other words, Judas was not a man. He was the devil himself. But he walked around like a human, spoke, ate, and he eventually died. Going back to Genesis chapter 6, the fallen angels came down to the day, uh, during the days of Noah. And they married beautiful daughters of men and eventually died in the flood. Fallen angels had to die like humans. Psalm 82 also says, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High, but ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Hebrews 13 tells a man unknowingly treated angels. You can also see that the angels appearing in the Old Testament are male. We need to know that the angels appear as males, and the devil also appears as male. Judas Iscariot did not go to hell when he died. He went to his own place, own place being where he used to be. That's why Acts one twenty five says, "From which Judas was, uh, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place." In the end, Judas, who was not human, but the devil, went to the d- d- uh, devil's dwelling place, which was his own place. This beast, man, the son of perdition, the resurrected Judas Iscariot, will claim to be the incarnation of God, and he will enter Jerusalem, sit in the Most Holy, and request human sacrifice for himself. It is found in Revelation chapter six. Many people are beheaded. This is a scene where many people will be beheaded at the guillotine under the reign of the Antichrist, and they are appearing. How they are appealing. To God for vengeance. To him, the Antichrist, Moses and Elijah will be witnesses. Just as Moses and Aaron testify to Pharaoh, and just as Elijah and Elisha testify to the book of in the book of Kings, two witnesses will appear and testify to this beast. Just as Moses and Aaron rebuked before Pharaoh in ancient Egypt, Moses and Elijah will again rebuke. And testify before the Antichrist during the tribulation this scene will happen in the future is it not a terrible thing so now today only if you are saved you will go up to heaven and see this scene happening below we should do our best to evangelize so that even one more person can receive all these blessings of receiving salvation as a gift by sharing the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ the lord said go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i am with you always even unto the end of the world immigrants living in the united states were sent to america to preach the gospel what a blessing it would be if we could realize this and preach the gospel to all nations there are over 173 ethnic groups in los angeles alone instead of living the easy life how much joy would it be to bring the lord bring to the lord if we could lead the american souls unto lord jesus christ there are a lot of different fishes out here white fish brown fish black fish yellow fish What a blessing it would be to become a fisher of men if you catch all these fishes unto the Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will be able to please God and receive the crown of joy by realizing these words and leading many people to these blessings so that you will be filled with good works. Amen.